guys, welcome back to Melanated Faith. Thank you for continuing to rock with us. We took a week off, um, but thank you for sticking around, and now we're back. Today, we're going to be talking about travel. Yes, so um, this episode is all about travel, and um, we're going to tell you about the good things, good deals, um, but also give you just a little bit of history about Black people and travel and what that has looked like in the evolution of that experience for the Black community. So there's lots of different facts. I'm going to tell you some. Catherine can tell you some. um, And we're just going to tell you guys a little bit about what it's been like for the black experience when it comes to travel. So um, I think it's important to start off like remembering the fact that um, being able to travel, the ability to travel is something to celebrate for the black community, um, especially because... um, there was Jim Crow and all of the racial terror that people experienced, as well as um, just enslaved people coming over to this country and to America. And you were not allowed to leave or they didn't want you to read or write, et cetera, et cetera. So I think with all of those things in mind, it's really important to remember that the ability that we have now to be able to freely travel and see the world is such a blessing um, because our ancestors before us didn't have that opportunity or experience. And so we shouldn't take that for granted. So I'm going to let Catherine tell you a fact or two and I'll throw in some and we'll get started. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you a fact, um, a little bit about the real green book, not that trash movie from last year the green book was created by victor h green he was a 44 year old postal worker from harlem Um, and basically the first edition of the book was based on his own experiences Um, and it was created in 1937 when it was first created it was 15 pages just kind of based on his own knowledge um, about places that were welcoming to african americans the final edition of the green book was issued 1966 Um, 1967 and by that time it was almost 100 pages and it embraced the entire nation and sometimes even international cities so we're thankful for Victor H. Green um, and all that he did to protect black travelers um, before we were allowed to move more freely um, than we are today so yeah so Faith um, had pulled some other statistics which I thought were really interesting Um, few members of minority groups flew before World War II um, but as the economy rapidly expanded and the number of minority owned businesses increased more people of color began to fly throughout the south Um, but inferior airport accommodations discouraged African Americans from flying it was not until the civil rights movement began to bring about change in air travel and also travel by bus I don't know if you guys are familiar with freedom riding and the whole point of the freedom ride is that if you were taking a bus from let's say montgomery alabama to new york um from montgomery to about washington dc you had to sit at the back of the bus but then when you got to dc you could move to the front um and sort of um john lewis's kind of first act of civil disobedience um shout out to john lewis it was just his birthday this last week was um trying to desegregate cross-country um bus rides 
Yeah. And um, the other thing is, is that airlines did not allow um, black people to fly in their aircraft or work aboard uh, the flight crew. So that went all the way through till the 1960s. And it wasn't until after that, that they created opportunities for um, black people to be able to work for airlines. Um, There was an exception. Perry H. Young Jr., um, who flew the first helicopters for New York Airways in 1956, and Ruth Carol Taylor, who first served as a stewardess for Mohawk Mohawk Airlines in 1958. So um, there are some people who were trying to make some strides and lead in that way, um, but still it was tough. But I think the important thing that I want to highlight before we talk about tips and all the fun stuff is that um, black travel is a big industry and provides a lot of money. So black people are known to be big spenders, and I don't know why, like, um, people do not recognize this because there's so much money within the black community in terms of like the um, amount of people that would like to spend their money and for businesses and things like that. And so when you look up travel research, a lot of times the image that you see of a person traveling or at a luxury uh, resort or something like that is not a black person. But the fact is, is that, um, the value um, from travelers' spending power is up to $63 billion, and it was $48 billion in 2018. So that means that there are people who just love to travel, and um, there are some high spenders who will spend an average of $2,078 per trip. So there is a big market out there that companies are missing to market to, especially black millennials that do travel and that want to travel and will spend money. So if you're a person that has a travel business, you need to be making sure you're advertising to young black millennials that are actually spending their money traveling the world. So we're going to do something fun and different because travel is fun. And I think that it's important to have some lighthearted talk about this. We gave you guys the heavy hitting facts about the history and why it's important for the black community and travel and all of those things. So now we're going to have some fun. Catherine, I'm going to ask you 10 questions rapid fire and you're going to give me your answers you'll ask me after i'm done um but whatever answer comes to your head first that's the answer you will give number one group trip or travel solo okay this is hard because i'm an introvert i do actually prefer to travel with other people but group implies multiple other people like a smaller group because i don't like to plan so i I feel like i need yeah I feel like I need a, a buddy. I need a buddy. <laughs> okay. Beach or city? City. Cruise or resort? Um, my parents took us on a really nice cruise this year, which I will say is a totally different experience than my sort of <laughs> prior low budget experience, but I still am going to go with resort. Okay. Craziest travel story. Okay. Um, When I was in law school, I studied abroad with some of my best girlfriends and we had like a two week holiday um, and we went to a travel agent and had her do all of the plans to kind of do the Mediterranean. So Barcelona, um, South of France, Italy, Greece, 
Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so when we get to Athens, which is like kind of the end, the last of the city, um, and we tell the cab driver like where to take us, he keeps, he's acting really funny. So as the like neighborhood is like changing, like we're driving from the airport, it's like, oh, this is nice. Oh, like this, whatever. He's like, are you guys sure you have the right address? And we're like, yeah, this is what is in our like document. And we had no other problems in any other city or any other place that we had been to. So we tell him again and he was like, are you sure? I really, I'm just, I'm not sure this is where you want to go. And so at this point we're starting to get a little nervous because this is, this is what the paper says. Like, this is what she booked us. Faith, when I tell you we pulled up to this hotel, first of all, it was this, the part of the city that there were just packs of dogs everywhere there were like droves of men just kind of standing, like hanging out in the street. And it's me and two of my girlfriends. One of my girlfriend's husbands was meeting us a f- like in a few days. So we were going to be by ourselves. Um, the hotel looked like it had been bombed out. Like half of the building like looked like it had like collapsed or something. And maybe they were remodeling. I don't know. That is terrible. <laughs> we like go. We're like, maybe this place isn't even open. And we like go... And the guy's like, hi, welcome. We're so glad you're here. And we're like, do you realize that like half the building, you know, it's missing. (laughs) um, He takes us to our room and it looks like a scene out of The Shining. It just is like, and I'm a pretty low key traveler, like, because I don't really like to plan. And I usually don't plan on spending a lot of time in the room. Like, I'm not super particular about hotel accommodations, but I did not want to get murdered before I actually got to see any of Greece. So we went back downstairs and luckily our cab driver was still there and we were like, please take us to another hotel. And we ended up staying in the Marriott. And he was like, yeah, I, he was like, yeah, I just didn't know how to tell you. (laughs) That was a really bad part of town and that it wouldn't be a good idea for women to stay there by themselves. So yeah, that's my craziest travel story. The time I um, was booked in a bombed out hotel in Athens. Okay, that's a struggle, but <laughs> I'm really struggle. glad y'all got through that. Um, so, well, this is a great like segue into my next one, which is hotel or Airbnb? Airbnb. Okay. Um, favorite place you've traveled to and why? Um, okay, so this is a tough question. I would say um, we went to Rwanda this summer and it just was wonderful like I loved Kigali everything about it um the people the food it was just a wonderful experience and then probably a close second and has been a long time fave is Barcelona um I just think that it's on the Mediterranean the weather's really beautiful um people are so nice and friendly there the um culture is like way slower than it is in America so like you go to dinner and um the expectation is like you're going to share paella and glasses of wine and you're going to be sitting here for hours. So they don't bring your food out quickly, which the first night we were like, why is it taking so long to get our food? But it's really they're trying to create the, like the culture is like you're enjoying your friends, you're out with your friends or your spouse, your loved one and just really enjoying each other. Um, also, like the nightlife there doesn't start till like one o'clock in the morning. Which for someone who goes to bed really early <laughs> was a struggle, but um, it's just in the architecture is really beautiful, like um, historical, like you know medieval, and there's this um, temple by the not temple, um, church by this architect named Gaudi that took 
years and years and years to finish. It actually wasn't finished when I was there. Um, I think they have recently finished it. Um, and so it just is like a really cool city and it's great vibe. So that would be my number two. That's a good one. I want to go to Barcelona. I haven't been. A friend you used to live to. there, but she said it's just amazing. It is. So do you like to try new foods or stick with what you know? I like to try new foods. I feel like if I'm going somewhere, if I, I can eat chicken fingers in Austin, Texas. <laughs> so I feel like if I'm traveling, like I want to try the local cuisines. I want to try the local beer. Um, I like local wines and even actually now, like even coffee shops, my friend Lindsay put me on to like, don't just go to Starbucks cause it's convenient. <laughs> like find out what are the cool coffee shops in the, in the city and like go, um, and do that. So yeah, I like to try new things. What place do you want to visit next? Um, I have a dream of doing like a 14, 15 day tour of Asia, different Asian countries. So top ones would be Seoul, um, Vietnam, um, Ho Chi Minh City, um, Beijing, Tokyo, I really want to go to Singapore, <laughs> thanks to Crazy Rich Asians. Um, I'd love to go to Thailand and Hong Kong. If I could do all of, I mean, that's a lot, but I would love to just like go and just spend like a month yes. <laughs> traveling to different Asian countries. It would be worth your time. So worth your time. Um, have you ever experienced discrimination while traveling? Yeah, I'm. So two years ago, I went to Israel and which is also a very lovely place and very um, similar Mediterranean culture. And I had an overall great experience. Um, but one day, a group of us, a group of the people that I was with, we went to like an outdoor market to try um, just different foods because Israel is actually a very diverse country. There are people from all different other countries that have then resettled. Um, and so we were trying, you know, food from like Ukraine and you know all kinds of different places and we're standing out in the street like just enjoying dessert and this man walks up and like gets in my face like to make sure that I see him and that I know he's talking to me and he's like I don't like black people and I was like what and he was like I don't like black people and I was like okay I don't like you either <laughs> and then he just like kind of walked off it was so weird and the people I was with were like I mean we were just like stunned so like for a moment like we all were kind of like did that just happen like did he just walk like we're not talking and so it just was one of those things and like um you know and it's horrible because in the moment you don't know what to do I think like my reaction I really have no feeling of out that guy either way but I think I just reacted to said something to like not cry um just because it was so unexpected um just because there are actually um African people who are, are Jewish practice Judaism so um it's not like there are no black people in Israel so it just was like I it just caught me off guard I think also too so um yeah that's probably the thing that sticks with me just because it was so random and I honestly think the man was like homeless and maybe a little crazy but still you anti-blackness is everywhere that's very true and I mean it's just something to be aware of so yeah what would you say last question any tips for traveling while black yeah I mean I will say as a black woman because there's that's a whole different layer of that's just like very also true. thinking about physical safety is like I don't go anywhere by myself or um without having someone recommended it and like I really check um so like 
like checking Yelp or like checking TripAdvisor and then looking for in reviews of places like black faces and hearing what they say about it. Because I don't know if this happens to you, but like frequently I'll like go and check Yelp and it'll be like all of like maybe white people or white presenting people will be like, oh, this place is great. Like we had a wonderful time and it was awesome. And then they'll like get down to like an African-American person. It's like service really rude. Like they didn't, you know, X, Y, and Z. And so I try to like check that um, just because I'm like, okay, if someone's been there before and they've had a bad experience, like that will weigh into how much I will, I will do this. And the other thing is like, I always tell my mom or someone where I am just, Mm -hmm. you know, so you know who I'm with, where I'm going to be. So if something happens, you don't hear from me, you know the last place I was. That's smart. That's definitely (laughs) a smart thing to do um, whenever you're traveling and you're on a trip. Okay. So I'm going to do you now. Okay. Group trip or solo? I would say group trip if it's a small trip. Otherwise, solo. Okay. Beach or city? Beach. Cruise or resort? I like to say both, but if I have to pick, I would say... Maybe a cruise. Yeah. Craziest travel story. So my friend and my friend picked a hostel. It was gonna be the first time I stayed in a hostel and we were in Puerto Rico. And we get to she booked it, so I have not seen it, nothing. I just asked, like, okay, we're staying in a room with all girls, right? And she was like, Yeah, 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 it's all girls. I said, Okay, so we pull up in the cab, and I'm already like, uh-uh. It looks so sketchy. Like, it's like, like for real. <laughs> it looks so sketchy. So then we walk in, and it was really early in the morning, maybe like 5 or 6 a.m. And the guy that was at the front desk look, looked like he just completely rolled out of bed. And he had no underwear on. This really just, this really sticks with me because he had no underwear on. He looked like he was high. And we had just paid. And we go up, because I had sent her the money already, so we had paid already. We go up to the room, and and we were like, okay, this is a female-only room, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah, the place was a mess. We get upstairs. (laughs) And he opens the door. It's like... Uh, three bunk beds in the room and there's a bunk bed where there's, where there's this couple this guy on the floor in the or not on the floor but like in the bed with this woman and I was like I thought this is a woman only and he was like yeah but sometimes they just sneak their guys in here and I was like well, okay well I was like well are the sheets clean and he was like I mean I think so and I was like oh, oh no. no 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 so no, I told no, my friend no, no, I was no. like I can't first of all I can't do this second of all I will pay for wherever we decide to stay I just know I cannot stay here and so we left and I literally made her walk because we were not anywhere near where like a cab could get us and so we are in this oh, small no. neighborhood in Puerto Rico <laughs> And I made her walk. We walked like three to four miles. I don't know. We walked like till we could get into the city. And then we, I just looked at my phone. We found another hotel that was nicer off the beach and I paid for it because I was like, I will pay for my comfort. I cannot stay there. So I know she'll never forget that. Um, Shout out to Julie. You walked like three or four miles with me and you did not want to, but we did it and got a better place. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. Um, hostels can be hit or miss. They can, yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you found some place with clean sheets because that is yeah. important. 100%. Okay. So hotel or Airbnb? Airbnb. Favorite place you've traveled to and why? I would say Paquette. Um, usually I say Greece, but the truth of the matter is, is Paquette was such a great place. Beautiful island. Um, I love Asia. I love Thailand. And um, getting to go there was just breathtaking. So for sure, Paquette. Okay. That sounds awesome. I'll put that on my list when I go on my Asian adventure. Yes. <laughs> um, do you like to try new foods or stick with what you know? Try new foods because you're not going to have it where you're at at home. So why not just try and see if you like it? What place do you want to visit next? It's a great question. Um, I definitely want to, I want to go to South Africa really bad. Yeah. That's a good one. Have you ever experienced discrimination while traveling? I would say a lot of staring, but not, I haven't had any, at least that I can remember, because sometimes y'all, I block experiences out and like it's stored in my subconscious <laughs> because I just don't have yeah. time to dwell on it. Um, but I would say for the most part, I haven't faced anything super terrible while traveling. I've just experienced a lot of like dirty looks, staring. Um, in Asia, like sometimes like seeing black women isn't like very often, doesn't happen very often. So like people sometimes might want to like take pictures with you or something. But um, but it's not like I haven't had anything like really super crazy happen to me. So I'm grateful for that. Yeah, me too. Um, any tips for traveling while black? So I would say specifically as a black woman, too. So my family has my location on the phone. I travel a lot, so I just leave it on um, so they can just look it up or know where I am if I'm going somewhere. Also, I would say like knowing like your family, knowing like who you're with um, and like their contact information is super important just so they have a frame of reference and also where you're staying like let somebody know the address to where you're staying these are all great like tips and like clues if something should ever happen to you like people will know like okay I can contact these few people and I can know that this like hotel or this wherever place is like where I need to um where I need to like go back to I would also say um, like Catherine, I look up places. I don't know if I'm like super specific as to like looking for like a particular black person's experience in that place, but I do like to make sure it's a legitimate spot before I go to different places. And I also look on Instagram a lot just to see the pictures and like people actually being in certain places to make sure it's legit. Yeah. And another thing I thought of, is there some really good Instagram accounts um, for traveling while black? Um, I follow Travel Noir. They're really great. Um, a friend of ours has, her husband actually is a travel blogger um, and it's, it's called Chubby Diaries. Um, and I think those can also be really great resources um, because I think one thing about traveling while black and Faith, you might think something totally different but I just feel like I have to be a little bit more vigilant than I would be if I was not African-American and not necessarily like I'm expecting discrimination I think just being aware of your surroundings and like just yeah. wanting to feel safe um just because you know like you can't go on vacation and be cutting up 
like other people cut up and so you just want to be you know and not that I would ever be in a situation where I'm like trying to like trash a hotel room or anything like that um but I'm just that that sort of thing of like having had someone go before and say these are the places I stayed or like hearing from Faith that oh like Phuket was really cool makes me more likely to go like I'm not the type of person that would like venture out to like go someplace I've never been and no one I has I know has ever been just because I'm not trying to be in a situation where I'm physically in danger or missing or missing <laughs> um so yes. yeah let's talk about it so so that's yeah so that's my um yeah tips just being vigilant um okay faith now faith let me just tell you about faith faith is a jet setter <laughs> extraordinaire so um and she always usually gets really good deals like when you're going on trips and stuff so faith do you want to share some of your like secret sauce for how you get such good travel deals yes so i will say i like to look i like to look up the deals keep up with the deals and kind of sometimes i like to pick places i'm looking out for tickets so let's say like last year i really wanted to go to japan um i ended up not being able to go but i got tickets to Japan for like 450 bucks. Like it was something crazy cheap. And I did it because I found it through Scott's cheap flights and I pay for their subscription. And you can't like, he sends his team of people sends emails of flight deals. The thing with that is you have to be able to pull the trigger like immediately when you see the deal come through. Otherwise you're going to miss it. So don't get Scott's Sheep's flights and then you're like, oh, yeah, it's $400. And then a week later, try to get the deal. It's going to be gone. Even like a day later, sometimes they're gone. So, so you have to be ready to purchase the flight the minute you see it hit your inbox, if that's what you want to do. Um, which I'm going to say, if you're trying to travel and you don't want to travel alone, it's really difficult to pull the trigger on those things because you know you're either going to go by yourself or B, um, like your friends who say they're going to go with you don't end up going with you. They back out. So I will say like as a single person traveling, you just have to be ready to go places by yourself because people are always going to cancel and they're not going to be able to go when you want to go. And if you wait for people, you'll never go. So um, sometimes I buy by myself and then people are like, oh, I'd want to go. And they might like hop on later. But I just, you just got to go. That's and I, I was... Yeah. And I will say, you know, even if you can't go with your friends, like I have a cousin that travels all over the world, but she travels with like a travel group. And so like she's not by herself by herself per se. Like she goes with a group of people. Now she doesn't know anyone, but she always makes friends. And I mean, like I'm always jealous. Like she really has gone to some really cool places um, with this one travel company. And I'll try to find out the name of it and put it in the show notes for people who have friends that are not quick. So one of the things like you're talking about with your friend who uses that travel service and so she doesn't travel alone, a lot of travel bloggers use Airbnb experiences, which is basically like curated experiences from vetted people that go through Airbnb to provide a service. So that could be photography or a cooking class, whatever that might be. But that's another great way to meet people as you travel. I haven't done it before, but seen several travel bloggers do it. I've done meetup, 
like use the meetup app in the city to meet people and that's been pretty legit I don't know if you've done something else Catherine but I've done it yeah I have not taken a trip by myself in a long time (laughs) I do a lot of like if I'm going by myself a lot of like um day trips to like around San Antonio um but like bigger trips yeah, I probably should do that more. I mean, usually I, I have at least one friend that's like, yeah, I'll go. So um, so it's been a long time since I've pre-Airbnb. Yeah, pre-Airbnb. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that I have traveled to a city by myself. And I will say Facebook travel groups, like Girls Love Travel. Um, there's like a, a, a lot of different black travel groups. Even if you just put in the search black travel, you'll find a lot of different groups available. So there's a lot of different ways where you can connect with other people that are traveling. So even if you're going solo, you'll meet somebody along the way. And on cruises, they have a lot of like curated things for single solo travelers. So dinners, meetups, so you can make friends with people even if you go on a cruise by yourself. I was planning on going on a cruise by myself beginning of this year, but I ended up going with a friend. Um, Even if she wasn't able to come... I would have still gone and seeing how they handle things with like the single travelers. It was perfect. And I honestly would, I was really excited. So like, Oh, like I'm definitely going to probably do that because it was so easy and you meet people and it's, and it's super chill and everybody was really nice. So it's worth it. Yeah. Can I give a trip, a tip for group traveler group traveling? So as someone who's like introverted, I think setting out expectations in advance of like, are we going to have a schedule or are we going to be relaxed? Saying I need downtime, like having that built into the schedule, time alone, kind of having those conversations in advance because, you know, you love people and you love your friends until you travel with them. And you really don't know how people are going to travel um, until you travel with them. And so, you know, some people are really easy, kind of laid back travelers and some people are like more high maintenance, which is fine. But you just kind of want to know that going into it so that your friendship survives the trip. <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. That is so you know, true. You just got to, you know, and and usually it's good in curating your group trips if only one high maintenance friend comes at a time. So <laughs> like that's 100% we can't that. have it can't be five high maintenance people and one low key person. It just it will not work. Yeah, that's when I leave and I'm just going to do something by myself, which I went on a group trip with my friend um, in Greece and we did like uh, Santorini, Athens um, and one other like island. And it was this big trip. I mean, I think there was like 10 of us and she just combined like friends from all different parts of her life. And I'm telling you, I got to a point, I don't know, it was maybe day five and it was just so many girls, so much estrogen. And that was just too much for me. I was like, y'all go have fun. I'm going to sit on the beach and read my textbook because at the time I was like still getting my master's and I was just like I just need a break like I need a break and I was so happy to be in the little town by myself I ate lunch by myself I laid on the beach I just had a grand old time by myself and it was perfect so um depends on your personality but if you need to get away and you're in a group trip I would suggest that you definitely do what Catherine said and like set the expectations. The other thing is with money and travel, I'm really picky about this because, you know, you can get messed 
over really bad whenever you pay for something and then like the other person might decide to drop out because they have no money invested um do not pay for the whole hotel or the whole everything without a plan or without knowing that this is a legitimate person that's going to actually pay you back because otherwise you will foot the bill and you will regret it so I suggest like going through a travel agent or some other way where you can all book you know you can all book something or everybody's pitching in their money at a certain time before you pay for things. That way you're not stuck um, paying for all the stuff and nobody's invested and then people drop out from going and you still have to pay for everything. So I would suggest that for group trips. Yeah, and I think another to your point about group trips, for people that want to travel, creating a separate savings account and like labeling it like France or you know, South Africa, wherever it is that you're trying to go and like knowing that money is for that. So like for me, this comes as a shock to no one. I love Beyonce. I usually have, you know, money set aside for should she decide to surprise go on tour. So I'm just saying. <laughs> so if you're, you have a, a Beyonce account, you know, it's not like a ton of money, but you know, I just, it's just, I know it's there. I can use it for other things. And I have used it for other things. It doesn't just sit there. Like, my car broke, breaks down. I had to get new tires last weekend. The Beyonce money went two tires. But, you know, so do, I think just even psychologically, that helps, I think, in terms of thinking about, like, okay, I'm really going to go on this trip. And also, too, um, a great money management tip. Because it's not just generic savings. It's, like, money going towards a specific purpose. Yeah, for sure. I do have a travel savings account. And then also, because I travel so much, I get like airline miles and points from that. And I would also say if you are responsible, um, there's a great like travel credit cards where you can use those and get deals um, for hotels, whatever, like and that can really help towards your traveling. There's a lot of articles about that. I'm not going to go into it just about how you can use um credit cards to your advantage in travel and actually save money and kind of beat the system. Um, but we're not going to go into that this time. Maybe another time we can talk about it. Um, yeah, that's that's the last of what I have for like tips. Oh, wait, one other tip I didn't mention was if you are on standby, this trick has worked for me. I want to tell you like 90% of the time, if you're on standby, walk up to the gate agent, let them know your name and tell them you're on standby, ask what position you're in, even if you know already, ask them. Then this will give them a name with a face. Always sit somewhere they can see you or in line of sight um, somewhere facing that counter. And then when they are calling those names, they are going to be like running through them. But then if they know that you're there waiting, they will try to look for you and look at you and get you on the flight and go quicker with the other names if people aren't immediately saying, hey, that's me. This has worked for me so many times. And I'm telling you, if you want to get off of standby and onto that flight, that's what you need to do. That's so I, one more thing about and adding on to that, please be nice to your stewardess. I mean, like flight gate agents. I've seen so many people it is a high stress and, you know, environment just lose it <laughs> um, of things that are outside of the gate agent or flight attendants control. So I want to say that always be nice and kind. Um, and then also, OK, tip your hotel maids and the like. So typically, um, 
I usually do like a couple, depends on how many days I stay. Like if I stay more than two days, usually at least five to $7, I will leave just because those women are primarily women of color. So, you know, solidarity. Um, but also they don't get paid that much. They work really, really hard. Um, and so any little bit just as like a thank you. Um, and to the extent that you can consider tipping them. Yes. Yes. I 100% agree with that. And um, I love like I think we went on our trip to South Carolina and Charleston. You did that. And I thought that was super dope. Yeah. Um, So that's like helping me to I just have to remember to like take cash out. That's usually my problem. I'm like a cashless person. I know. Um, But taking cash out so that way you can actually just say thank you because, you know, thank you is just nice. Like my dad always says, it's nice to be nice. (laughs) It is nice to be nice. (laughs) Um, Okay, so we're going to talk about a little bit about why traveling is important and seeing the world is important, Um, particularly for um, Americans and people of majority culture to experience other cultures without colonizing them. Um, And so I really think traveling just for everybody is really important because I think our tendency, particularly as the church, is to think American Christianity is Christianity. Um, And it's not. And it's like people worship in all different ways and things that are like, um, I don't, foreign or unfamiliar, I'll use that word to you, unfamiliar to you. It's like everybody that worships in Kigali, this is how church is done. And so I just think having those experiences is so valuable. Um, And I think beyond the church of just like learning from different people and different cultures and different ways of doing things. um, You know, I firmly believe, you know, God was intentional in his creation design and he is so creative um, in that he created us all differently from all different places and we've developed different customs. And so it's cool to see like the image of God um, in its fullness when you go other places to be able to enjoy those foods and people and cultures without making judgments. Um, so like Americans, like even if you're a person that doesn't like to try new things, do not go to another country and go to a restaurant and be like, ugh, what's this? Like, have some home training and just, you know what I mean? And just be respectful, even if it's not something you feel comfortable with or you didn't really enjoy it, like, be polite. Um, because I think, you know, like, that someone does like that and it is familiar food and don't be an ugly American about it. And I think it will grow and stretch you and help you see um, and learn different ways of doing. I mean, I think my experience in Barcelona when we first got there, it was so annoying. Like, I literally, I think our waiter disappeared for an hour and a half. And we're like, where's our food? Where did this man go? This restaurant isn't even that big. Where could he have gone? <laughs> and like, because we're so used to in America to like, when you sit down in restaurants, like when you're with your friends, you like everybody pick up their phone or like the waiter is like there, there, you want water, you want this, you want that. And so it like, but really they're trying to cultivate like the, like really around the table to slow down and gather and spend time with your family. And so, you know, four or five hour dinners, cause it's not about the time it's with, um, it's the quality of people. And so that's something I tried to bring back with me and thinking about, okay, when I'm hanging out with my friends, I want to hang out with my friends. Um, and so, you know, like there are all kinds of things like that you can gather and learn from just experiencing other cultures and being open and being humble and wanting to learn. Yeah. And to add to what you were saying just about, um, you know, American ideals or, oh, I like this this way or whatever. Like I, I remember going on a trip. I was in Rwanda, actually. It was the first time I went. They had, the dinner was bean 
beans, peanut sauce, rice, and something else. And the team I was with, they had already like coached us before we got there and said, hey, eat, try to eat pretty much everything just out of respect of the culture. And you don't want to offend anybody by having like a, a nasty attitude, you know? So I was going to eat it all because that's what they said. I'm going to follow the rules. And it wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm a foodie. I don't mind. Like, I'll eat whatever. And the team members, though, were like, oh, this is gross. I don't like it. Like, oh, I'm about to spit it out. This is terrible. And it's one of those things where there's people who, like, not too far away from you have made this. Also, it's their culture. It's what they want to eat. And Americans can be so... Um, the perception can be so picky, like that Americans are picky and kind of rude and uppity. And and so I just think it's important when you're going to be in another culture, really commit to immersing yourself, commit to learning more about that culture, to respecting the culture. And also remember that America doesn't equal better. It doesn't equal right. There's a lot of beauty all around. And most of these cultures and um Um, places have existed way longer than America has and so um, and they have a rich history and it's important to respect that so that's my encouragement if you're going overseas make sure you respect the culture and the history and I would say even do research and learn about the like culture or place where you're traveling before Um, because it does really add to the experience and I think yeah venturing off like the beaten path like you find um you know, I went to Prague a few years ago and like we were just kind of walking around the city and stumbled on this like amazing, so neat sort of bookstore, like crevice kind of place um, that was off the beaten path. And yeah, it was just a lovely experience. And so I think also to to the extent that you're somewhere you feel safe, like, yeah, like don't just spend time with other Americans in Mexico City, like really you know, immerse yourself in the culture and where um, the people that live there live. Yes, and find museums, history museums, to learn more about the culture, too. I also try to find, like, black history museums in different places and different countries just to learn more. So those are my travel tips, and I think yes. that's the most of what we have for talking about travel and how you can um, feel empowered to travel and go places but also be respectful. Catherine, you have any other parting thoughts? Yeah, I'll just say, like, I never regret the money I spent on traveling and the experiences. And I think it has made me a better person. I think I um, see the world differently. I think it has been really helpful to, like, think outside of whatever is going on in America, thinking about being a part of a global body of Christ and like just like whatever little controversy is going on in American evangelical world like people um who are evangelicals in Africa and India like don't care and they're just serving God and like so I think having but you know I don't think I would be primed to think that way if I hadn't spent most of my 20s like traveling all over the United States and then all over in other countries um and so I do think you know getting a passport you just never know like be open you just never know so stay i would say ready. i never yeah stay ready okay now it's time for your favorite segment and mine go off sis go Faith, off, what do you got this sis. week okay you guys what i am loving right now 
is Love is Blind on Netflix, okay? This show is gripping the nation, and I have converted 15-plus people into fans. I'm very proud of this. I, did, I have to say, like, I've told so many people, I'm like, I talk about this show so much now. I have so many people who are messaging me, and they're like, I am also now a fan. And I'm like, okay, I'm glad that you've committed. Come on over and let's do some dissecting of what is actually happening in this show. So if you haven't watched it, you should watch it. It's fascinating. So basic, the basic premise is this. You are in for two weeks, about two weeks, You spend time in this room that kind of has like this little wall where you sit and talk to the person and you go on different dates with people and you just hear their voices and you're talking. Eventually you find the person or persons you click with and then you kind of narrow that down and begin just talking to that person. By the end of it, should you have found a person that you like vibe with, you propose to that person without having seen them. And you're committing to getting married. So when you propose, then you have like four weeks until your wedding. And you're going to get married to that person. Once you accept, then you meet that person face to face. Now, this is a revolutionary concept. Here's what I think is revolutionary. Because the way you get to know somebody is by talking to them and spending time with them. If you talk to a person... For hours on end, for, you know, two weeks, you're going to learn a lot. So here, before I say any more, Catherine, I need to know. Would you be on Love is Blind? I... Would you do it? I would do it. I just... You know, I I could see being in a, like, committed relationship with someone under those circumstances... But a few weeks of me, my personal standard is I like need to see how you interact with your friends. I need to know who it's not about looks for me, like who your friends are, who your mentors are, where do you go to church? How do you treat your mom? Like, I just couldn't commit to marrying someone (laughs) based just on conversation because you could be anybody when it's just you. I need to verify. I need trust, but verify. (laughs) Okay. Okay. That's real. I feel like I could do it. Because, I mean, okay, I'll say this. I feel like I can do it, and I also feel like I would be more like one of the characters on the show right now, one of the girls, Lauren, who sometimes feels like she's just like, I don't know, I don't know, which mostly every, actually every person has done that. But I feel like I would kind of be like that. Like, I want this, but oh my goodness, I'm going to give up my apartment, my everything, like to get married to this person so fast. But I do think that you can make a legitimate, serious emotional connection to someone from talking for hours on end. I mean, that's so, like when you're on a date and you're dating, it's all about the time spent with somebody. So the more time you spend with somebody, the more you know them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I for sure believe it's possible to like have a meaningful connection after hours of conversations over a few weeks. And especially, I mean, that sounds more legitimate to me than the bachelor, bachelorette. Sorry if those are your faves, but like, though, that's that, true. They're in, not dating one person and it is a lot based on looks. <laughs> so, Love is Blind sounds at least as legitimate as the bachelor, bachelorette. Yeah. Probably more. I think it's all, I think, I think because they take time to talk to each other and get to know each other, I feel like it's a little bit more legitimate in the sense that they establish an emotional connection. 
But I'm also one of those people who is like, if I just went on a trip with somebody, like I would know, like I would know a whole lot of whether like, I could handle them or not because a few concentrated hours or a day or two, and that tells you all you really need to know. So, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 or absolutely not. Um, I think that's why I find it really fascinating. So. That's my thing that I'm loving. I encourage all of you guys to go watch Love is Blind. I almost want to do like a special podcast episode just dedicated to analyzing the show, but we'll have to pray on that. What is a mess right now? Catherine is laughing at me because I'm so invested. <laughs> no, I'm laughing at you because I'm halfway through um, Next in Fashion and I'm like, Netflix, please sponsor this show because literally most of what's in my Netflix queue are things that you've told me about. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. I love Next in Fashion. It's really great. That was a great I, I blazed through that season. Um, you would think I don't have other things to do. I do. Let's just say that I watch these when I have like a free moment. Okay. Um... What is a mess? Okay, so last week we were so excited celebrating Parasite's Oscar win. Like, just super dope. All of the awards. And then 45 gets on a microphone and is bullying the film and the creators because they're from South Korea. I was like, sir, uh, Sarah. Well, not just bullying, not just bullying them, saying he prefers Gone with the Wind. And that feels like a very intentional contrast to Parasite. Yes, yes, it is a very intentional contrast. So that was definitely a like, what is a mess for me moment. And I just think we need to all remember that America isn't a country for white people only. It's a country for all people. And all people should be treated with dignity and respect as reflections of the Imago Day. That's all I got to say about that. Yes, agreed. Okay, so my thing that I'm loving this week is, I don't know if you've heard of, okay, so I'm not a TikToker. Um, you know, I'm not hip. I don't, it's not my thing. But I am always down for black women getting their shine. Um, so 14-year-old Jalea created this dance called The Renegade. It went viral. No one knew who she was, essentially, um, even though this was like the most popular thing on TikTok. How I found out about it is a reporter named Taylor Lorenz for New York Times wrote a story about Jalea and talking about how she is the originator originator of this really popular dance the renegade um and when the article came out it went all around black twitter which you know if we're good for anything it is like unite this girl's gonna so true. this 14 year old girl is gonna get her shine um and so like within a couple of days she the guy who wrote the song he had like featured her on his twitter page she was flown to the nba all-star game where sort of i guess the most popular tiktok um, personalities who are all young white women um filmed the collaboration with her. She performed at halftime. She's been retweeted by Michelle Obama. And then last week she was on Ellen and Ellen gave her $5,000, which gets to the point of, you know, I'm loving this, but also the importance of like paying black women for their labor. Like the idea of her getting credit is not so much like, obviously the dance is universal. Like everybody from Lizzo to like Courtney Kardashian has done this dance. Um, and so it's not about her getting paid for every time someone does this dance, but there are real 
opportunities that come with social media and like as much as we like to say it's like fake life social media is real life people are really millionaires off of instagram and instagram influencing and so for this 14 year old girl who has a heart and a desire to be a choreographer when she grows up to be recognized in this way as a creator of this dance and to all these opportunities so i'm so excited for jaylia shout out to ellen um for giving her her shine and then my thing that is a mess bless fix it jesus um so i go to seminary at baylor um last lord i know what you're gonna (laughs) say last week and i'm so sorry i could not have been there myself or i would have um baylor chapel invited caitlin curtis um to speak at chapel and i think anybody that follows caitlin on twitter has read her books kind of knows what she's going to talk about what she stands for um and this is really not to caitlin although i'm so apologetic and so sorry that what happened to you happened to you i just want to say two things one she was accused of saying something she didn't actually say um and before checking the facts there was a ginormous pylon she was called a pagan yada 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 um so um so i want to say to that um white people when you invite people of color into your spaces and you get pushback do not suddenly go silent or, or drop off the planet um just because these things have real consequences like you know, my understanding from like Caitlin is her husband was spending a lot of time going through social media posts on Twitter and Facebook, like, you know, blocking trolls and things like that. And I mean, like this really, it you know, people, you don't, you can't really see this unless you're like in lived community with people, but these kinds of things do take their toll. People do really have to go to therapy. People really do. Um, there really are consequences of that. And so I just, you know, I did a Twitter thread last week on this. Just be intentional. Like if you're going to invite someone and there's controversy, like be prepared to publicly stand in solidarity with them um, when you get pushback. And the second thing I'll say is like, if, if Christians, Christians, my people, I love you, but we need to recover the lost art of like listening. And I won't even say civility. I will say kindness, the fruits of the spirit, kindness, gentleness, self-control. If someone says something you do not agree with, you don't have to respond. You can just like listen and say, you know, like leave that space and you say, you know, I don't agree with that. Like, There's no need for you to publicly call out, demean, degrade someone for just having a different point of view. Um, You know, you're not going to convince anyone um, by screaming at them. Thirdly, well, actually, okay. Thirdly, um, if you would not do it to a white man, do not do it to a woman of color. So if you will not Mm. shout out (laughs) uh, that no one even thinks that, if Shane Claiborne (laughs) says something you don't agree with, your opportunity to shout is not when a woman of color comes to speak. And then lastly, I'll say, um, so one of the things I think that came up during Caitlin's talk is she kind of talked about how she relates to God through nature. Um, and then that was accused, she was accused of being a pagan. And I would just like to say for anybody, um, one, buy Caitlin's book when it comes out um, later this year. But I also would say, Scripture is 
replete with instances of nature worshiping God. Like, talks about even if we're quiet, the rocks will cry out. Um, I was reading through Second Samuel and Hannah's prayer. She calls God. There's no one like God. God is our rock. She calls God a rock. A rock is an inanimate object. That does not mean she's worshiping a rock. It like just means that this object in nature is helping her connect with God. Um, and so I would just say um, we need to recover biblical literacy, but also like the gospel is not white and different cultures relate different ways and it does not make them pagan. It does not mean they're worshiping the earth because their customs are not American customs. Um, but even if you don't agree or you don't feel comfortable, do not shame or deride people for experiencing God differently than you do. I mean, as long as I, yeah, I could go on. There are lots of things. That's a word for somebody. Yeah. I mean, there are lots of things. People, I have been in so many rooms where people say things I don't agree with, but it's not appropriate to just shout at people. Like my mom, I don't know where you were raised, but where I was raised, we don't do that. So I will just say, please, 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 as the body of Christ, let us treat each other with kindness and respect and exercise some self-control and recognize that we are not always all going to agree, but you can treat someone as if they are created in the image of God, even while disagreeing with them and yelling out while someone is speaking, while they're, I mean, she was at work, at someone's job. She has been paid to be here. That's not appropriate. So please do better. <laughs> yes. And there's some um, articles that kind of like outline the situation a little bit more and what happened. I think it's also important to highlight that Caitlin is a Native American author and speaker. And so um, she was sharing her experience and her faith and um, from her context. And I think that should have been respected. And obviously, like Catherine was saying, it was um, very disrespected, which is unfortunate. So um, as Catherine said... People, do better. Do better. And my last thing on this, I will we'll include it in the show notes, but a professor of medieval history and early medieval Christianity wrote an open apology to Caitlin. But basically, there are within the Christ Christian tradition of people that we treat as orthodox, referring to God as mystery and talking about relating to God through nature. So I would also, back to my original point, and the whole point of this podcast— opening your mind to other cultures and experiences and treating them with respect. Yes. So if you haven't learned anything this week, at least the one thing you can take away <laughs> is to have an open mind and heart towards things that are different um, and to be able to experience those things. That way it'll help to influence your life and shift your perspectives about things um, if maybe you're only coming at it from your vantage point. Look at it from somebody else's perspective. And the only way you can do that is by putting yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable, that's different, that's not the norm for you, and allowing yourself to take it in, commit to learning something different. So here's what we want you to do. We're wrapping up this episode let us know about an instance where you have decided to get out of your comfort zone, whether that means to go to a different side of town, a church that's different, um, whatever the case might be, do something that gets you outside of your comfort zone. If you want to travel somewhere new, solo travel, whatever it is, try it out and let us know about it. And we will talk to you all next week. 
Bye. Hey, everybody. I have some super exciting news for you. We have a winner from our giveaway, and that person is Brisha. Thank you so much, Brisha, for reviewing the podcast. I want to encourage all of you, please go leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps other people to be able to find our podcast. If you love what you've heard, go check us out at Melanated Faith. Leave us a review. Let other people know why you enjoyed this podcast so much and help us get the word out there. We appreciate you and we couldn't do any of this without you tuning in to listen each and every week. Thanks so much.